This is a Wise Wednesday podcast. We have a win to talk about tonight. We can also talk about the Fulham game, win that, and things look very different within the space of a week. A week is a long time in football. Have you ever written that, George? Uh, thankfully not. No, <laughs> That's thankfully George Corgan from The Times. He's joined us. One of the benefits of having this show on a Monday, George, is that you can grace us with your presence. In, absolutely. This is the first time I've done a podcast through the open window of a car as well, which, um, <laughs> which is a lovely touch for transfer yeah. deadline day. Well, nice, that. Nice. I know, transfer deadline day, wearing a bit thin now, isn't it? Novelty. Well, nothing happens. Nothing ever happens, particularly here, particularly in the northeast. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's. I mean, and it's snowing for whichever reporters out there. It is. Yeah. Well, it's it's changed for me. It's it's this year. It's the first time that we've not seen Sky Sports reporters have purple dildos shoved into their ears, <laughs> which was my favourite part of transfer deadline day. People simulating sex yeah. behind. Well, when them. the ratings go down this year, they might. They well, they might have to change. Yeah, that. It's always downhill from there. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Well. Yeah, you couldn't peak from there. Really, that was yeah, what the, did you do after that? That was the pinnacle, and then <laughs> from there we just were struggling. Yeah, you know, it's which is a real shame. I'm trying to make a sensible order. Next year they'll be back watch because nobody will watch it this year. Uh, Ed Size is a sports journalism student at Sunderland Uni. He's come along tonight as well. Already for your debut, Ed. Yeah, late uh, late January transfer, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, well, February technically. <laughs> That's the thing. I would call it a trial more than yeah. a transfer. Yeah, free transfer, <laughs> the best, wow. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. I think all the good journalists are busy today, so I've uh, mm. drafted in. Well, well, thanks very much. Um, I'll be off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Close this window and drive yeah. off. Yeah, very, very you quick. can stay. Yeah. Right. I was getting a bit annoyed at the uh, bacon sandwich thing this morning. Not not because I didn't have one, but the fact that they like they were going on like there were these exclusive sort of mystical items. It's like anyone can get a bacon sandwich, mate, and you're standing outside on your own all day, so. You know, that just irritated us. Uh, but it was a winner. Done, yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't say that. I didn't know. I'm, I'm well, every, you know, about, yeah. on transfer deadline day, they're like, oh, so-and-so's brought us a bacon sandwich. And it's like, well, right. I don't watch well, it. I don't give it the oxygen, Gareth, to be honest. Well, <laughs> I've st- I haven't watched. I've avoided it all day. I haven't watched it either, which is it's funny, really. It should oh, well, be. It's become, it's, become <laughs> this, it's become this huge event, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. But um, it's it's irritating. And as as I say, if 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 anything actually happened up here, I, I would probably I probably would watch it, but it doesn't. So what's the point? Yeah, they've wasted a few reporters uh, reporting on the northeast clubs. I think this year. Yeah. Yeah. You can tell that they sent like not the B team because Keith Downey's at uh, Newcastle because that's where they're thinking that's where something might happen. But they've sent some guy from Liverpool to Sunderland, so right. he's probably a bit disappointed with his January move, I imagine. Very disrespectful, just call him some guy from Liverpool. Um, I can't remember his <laughs> name. He didn't have a verified blue tick when I saw him on Twitter. Oh, right. I don't know if that's <laughs> like the mark of a, a real journalist, I don't know. All right, well, we'd better get on because we've got loads to talk about tonight, actually. Uh, it's a good job we've got loads to talk about because I've managed to lose the agenda, so we're pretty much winging it tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> should we let uh, Gus, Gus play us in? Talking about the uh, Burnley game in general. Well, fir- first it was to match the determination and the desire and the commitment of Burnley. That was first and most important because uh, if you don't match that, it, it becomes a difficult game. And then during the game, certain moments, you need to impose your quality. You know, and, and that was the aim and the challenge for the players. It took us a while, but as soon as we put the ball and we made five or six passes and the full backs that when they were win backs they didn't create too much today they went forward at the right time and the strikers they produced. So uh, you know if you analyze the game, even not being fantastic, it was a game that uh, it will give you points. You know, you don't concede, you keep a clean sheet, you don't give too many things away, you're solid, you manage the game, your strikers score. Uh, that that's basic of football. 
and, uh, and if we achieve that week in, week out, we should win football games. We were looking for that. So important both ends, you know, being able to keep a clean sheet, um, Jermaine and, and Connor scoring, which is uh, what we need for the next few games. We play a little bit with the second striker. We, we, we talk a lot this week with Connor because he was the one there. Uh, you know, Fletcher was uh, not having the baby, his wife, and, and he was not the, at the training ground for a couple of days. So we used Connor in there to explain other options to help us, but to stay high. I think Connor did very well on that. I think he, he keeps learning. It's a new situation. Uh, sometimes we forget that the strikers need to give you a hand defending. Not always why, like he's been playing in the beginning of the of this season. Also, you know, through the middle, you know, like a four four one one, you can call it. So adapting depending where he finish, and it's going to get better. Now, the key for Connor putting the ball in the back of the net, you know, because you don't want your strikers just to defend; you want your strikers to score. So, good combinations for the two goals. A few more in the second half, and another day you will score as well. So I think it was important. I think it was the game that we needed to have a performance like today. I'm going to convince everybody that we are not okay. Because as soon as we are okay, we are awful. So I'm going to keep making sure that we are not. And we need to go into Swansea like it's the last game of the season. And make sure that we play that game like we played today. Then the position plays. You know, and the position can score or a decision can go your way or not. But the important thing is that we cannot think at any stage that we are okay because then is when we drop in our performances. When was that time someone won the last game of the season? Um, don't know. Just don't want to be telling you players it's the last game of the season because our record is pretty poor, isn't it? Yeah. remember a good one at Luton a few years ago. Where oh, Luton, 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 that was Luton, a great day, wasn't it? Yeah. West Ham when we finished 10th. Oh, that yeah, was one, West yeah. Ham. Bruce, a reminder of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We should have him on the phone. He would tell us all about it. <laughs> I, I love that. As soon as we're okay, we're awful. Yeah, that's, yeah. Cool. yeah. that's a great one. <laughs> but he's got a point away, though, George, isn't he? That what we keep saying on here is we just sort of we say often say we strive for mid-table mediocrity. But what we want, what a fan wants, is just to turn up with these winnable in inverted commas games, and just put a routine performance in and, and yeah. win the game. And that's what you want. And that's what we got. Yeah, I mean, I have to say my first reaction to that game was, was relief because I thought the previous two games had been really, really poor and not just, you know, not just kind of poor performances but also, but almost as if the team wasn't trying to win and I think, you know, you talk there about getting the team to kind of win games and try to win games and I think, you know, th th that thing of, of being solid and so on and so forth was fair enough but it got to the point where against, a, I thought, a really bad Liverpool team and then against Fulham there was nothing there. I mean, it, it didn't feel like good, strong defensive performances. I thought it felt like nothing. And I thought we saw f in five minutes against Burnley uh, more than in those two games put together. And, um, you know, there was decent decent possession from the flanks, decent delivery from the flanks, bit of urgency about the place. And, um, you know, and I, I think in combination with what Gus had said after the, after the, after the Fulham game, the alarm bells were, were were kind of ringing in the distance a little bit, um, so I'm pleased that pleased that they're back on track. And I thought, yeah, I th exactly as you say, it was a decent performance. It wasn't anything to get worked up about, but mm. but relief really. I, th I think actually in previous weeks it's more been a case of we've been trying not to lose games rather than actually trying to win the games. And I think the game at the weekend against Burnley was probably the first time yeah. in quite a few weeks that we've uh, actually yeah. seen it us actually go for. Shouldn't have been the case it. against Fulham Pops, though. No, I think, I think no. That, to be fair though, what, there was a bit slight level of like a transitional period, not the Liverpool game. Um, certainly the Spurs game, after the four came in, they tried something different. It was a 3-5-2, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. they did that 
in, in the Fulham game and it didn't really work because we, which we've been over the three centre backs with a deep line midfielder as it turned out it doesn't work because it's it's unnecessary six yeah. at the back effectively yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I don't think he would have intended to go that way, and I think you know, honourable mention to Bridcut definitely for his performance on uh, Saturday because I thought I know I think Van Andel and Revier got a lot of credit, and rightly so, but I thought Bridcut was excellent. I think you're spot on, and he hasn't been. He hasn't. He hasn't been in in, in every game this season. But you know, they need him to be. They need him to be good because Catamol is 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 the driving figure in the team. Isn't it's he, almost really? like that's the only position he can play it seems isn't it the, the sort of deep line midfielder as Gav said it, a little bit redundant that position with three centre halves although yeah. Gus went for it against Fulham so he's reverted back to type for this game the shape was interesting wasn't it Do yeah. you think that's just a Taylor Britt cut he's, I don't think he's, he implied afterwards that it was a, it was going to be a long term well, thing again on the it? shape thing sorry before you answer that yeah. but like, every, what does everyone think he played because <laughs> loads yeah. of people were like it was a four-four-two, which I, I don't think. It, no. I think it was just a narrow. It was a four-four-three, but everyone was a bit. Everything was just a bit narrower. I thought. I think what I saw actually was going back to two centre backs, but I think Bridcut dropped back into work almost as a third centre back quite a few yeah, times he does, when he needed to. He does to. that anyway, doesn't yeah. he? When, when he's, I think he's played centre back at Brighton before. Mm. I, think, I, I, I always have to file teams, so I, I, I stare stare blankly at the pitch <laughs> for about twenty minutes before, I, and I, I wrote down four-one-three-two. Mm. Well, but anyway, this is yeah. proof that sort of people can get bogged down in formations, yeah. but isn't it? Because there were, you know, there wasn't a, a static formation. No, such, no, no. And we saw we've saw Wickham join in. Um, with you know getting the box before joining helped helped before when he scored yeah. against Stoke he, his goal was similar wasn't it coming in getting the, on the end of a cross yeah and he, he, he was he was clearly in a more forward position than a, than, a, than you know I mean he's 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 filled filled the hole out wide but he he seemed much more involved and was coming far more you know was coming more centrally more often I mean I, you know Poyet po- po- I think Sunderland's football has regressed this season I have to be honest yeah, and yeah. I think. Is that deliberate? I think Poyet knows that. Yeah. I mean, as, as you know, they they lead Congerton talk back in the, back in the summer about having the style they wanted, about having an identity to build on, and it was this kind of Spanish style with a British heart. It was that kind of thing. It was something to build on, and Poyet got to about October, I think, um, and he, you know he said, "I decided that we just don't have the players to do what I want." And so there's been a deliberate attempt to change yeah. things, maybe make the team more solid. And and try and it's been very very difficult to to watch. I mean, it really has been. Um, Defoe is the game changer. That does give the give him a chance to try something a bit different. It adds so much variation to the top half of the team. And you know, hopefully, we've seen on we've seen on Saturday. This, the, you know, the kind of the, the start of that. And it was good, great to see Johnson again involved, and it was good to see the both fullbacks really important mm. and delivering decent quality. And you know, hopefully, that's the start of things to come. Because when we went to four sign, we we raised the question. A lot of people raised the question that, of course, kept this formation, this system, that he wouldn't see the ball anywhere. Um, yet, you know, that isn't exactly true, is it? Because I think I've noticed in the games he has been playing that he has a presence in the box that perhaps any of other centre forwards don't have. There was a a time against Fulham, somebody had a shot, I can't remember what it was, and Defoe got his foot on the end of it and yeah. diverted a goalwards. And the goal he scored on Saturday as well was just him being in the right place at the right time. That's a bit cliched, but we haven't seen that this season. Yeah, I mean, hit Aladar's arse among Yeah, I mean, when I think of Defoe, to be honest, I always think of someone who sits in the box, he just poaches, he's in the right position at the right time. Um, but I think against Burnley, he actually came deep a bit more, came wide a bit more than I actually expected him to do. And I think part of the reason for that, for me, is probably because Wickham and Johnson have. Had kind of up there to support him. I think against Fulham, for example, 
he just seemed isolated. He just didn't. I mean, he, he had a decent game, I think. He got in the right positions at times, but he wasn't in the game at all. I think when you bring players around him, then he's going to see a lot more of the ball. Yeah. I like the way he got involved, George, communicating to people and shouting at people if they weren't giving him the ball at the right time and stuff. I like to say that as long as yeah. you don't take it too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, and I remember Gus saying. The day after the day after he signed, he said, "Sunderland is a different club today," and what he was getting at was the fact that someone like that is immediately going to lift things in training. He's, there's a presence there. He has a reputation. He's got that record, and it lifts things. And um, he can do that on the training pitch, but he'll do that. He'll do that on the pitch on a, at a weekend as well. And that that is incredibly valuable for a. Uh, well, for any football team, but yeah. I think especially for one that's been sort of staring down at its own navel for a while, which Sunderland have been. Does it put players like Jacarini and Alvarez further down the pecking order now, uh, trying to fit them in? I know he's, he's reverted back to his old system in a way, hasn't he? But we've we've, we've acknowledged that Wigan was playing closer to the striker, and you're not sure where some of those guys are fit now. Well, no, no, and that is a concern, I think, because um, you know Gus, Gus has talked about the lack of quality recently, and he's talked about. Um, you know, not having many options, but he actually has had options, and those options have been on the bench. I mean, I, and um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure we said that Alvarez will will play at Fulham. Mm. Um, you know, it's a big moment for him. They they've committed a lot of money to him, not just for this year, but but beyond that. And although he's you know he's had tr he's had troubles with with injuries, obviously. Um, it's time for him to grasp that opportunity, and you would hope that he can offer something uh, that otherwise Sunderland haven't had. The same, same with Jacarini. I mean, it's you know they 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 arrived. It was a, it was a big deal for the club when both those players arrived, and uh, you know you want them to to try and try and take an opportunity. I think in that first team as well, there's probably only one position in that team where Alvarez, Johnson, and Jacarini can play. So we've effectively got three players playing for one position out there. Especially now with Wickham having a player closer, essentially being two strikers. Well. What's helped in that before getting the ball? I mean, you mentioned there Eddie was coming deep and stuff, but we noticed that some of them were high up the pitch, which was very important. So Gareth asked us about that at the end of the game. You, you went back to the try and tested system, but everything seemed to be having just maybe 10 or 15 yards further up the pitch from the back. Is that something that you've you. worked on? Yeah, well, that's something that we're working this week a lot. I know. You know, we the players, they enjoy defending against the top teams in a certain way and they felt very, very safe, uh, then you need to change your chip. And when you go and play against the rest of the team, you need to be higher up. It's not, it's not Hazard on the pitch, or it's not uh, Van Persie. So those situations is the one that we didn't adapt well, sometimes because of the personnel, sometimes because you know, on the pitch things happen. So that was one of the biggest things. I don't know how many times today I say, you know, squeeze up, higher, 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 higher. So. Uh, that's the way. It's, it takes time sometimes, but at least you know, with a victory and with three points, it's going to be easier. Important factor that Gareth, isn't it? Because w when we did the end of the lights show last week, Ma wasn't Michael Proctor here, and then that we were talking about Gus's comments to the fans and you know the the Quinn Phillips reference and all that. And Michael Proctor said then, you know, it's important. Fans want to see your players higher up the pitch. And now we established then that you aren't going to see a high pressing game. You know, where all the players are going chasing after the ball. That's just not Poyet style, but. Being 10, 15 yards for the pitches, you said, definitely makes a difference. Yeah, I think as well, it was after the the Swansea game, where we drew nil at the stadium, funnily enough, with them coming up next week, that we did see Sunderland further up, even though it finished nil-nil. Um, we had the chances to, to to win the game, really, with Fletcher when he came on and had those headers, but I think as well with being higher up, it, it not only 
gets the attacking players more, gives them more impetus. It like someone like Bridcut because he isn't as deep. He's more involved in other areas, which is something that he's being accused of. You know, basically he's just sitting there and you know passing the ball on and stuff like that. He has to you know be more aggressive when he's further up, and then you know because it's all a bit more squeezed when Larson presses. There's things closer behind him because there's times when you see Larson run out of the ball no one's following behind him so sort of makes that pointless um, but it, like being higher up like you say it just you know it wasn't to the extent where we're going to get caught in behind but when we had the ball and we just looked far more comfortable like I think your point George about we've regressed in style I think you're absolutely spot on I think that's something that you know we've talked about before where where, where is this passing you know, principle gone. I know yeah. he, he does try to change it to try and get us, you know, up the pitch. But you, you really do, you, you really do see the change. But recently, I will on Saturday that they were passing the ball again. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think last season there was there was an ident- I think there was something that we could all see, although it was chaotic and it was it was pretty awful. You know, it was a grind a lot of the time. You could see clearly what he was trying to do and it was based on possession and it was um, you know I, I thought some of the football was was good but I, he's obviously taken the decision that it's you know it's it's going to have to be one step back in terms of that to fit to fit the the players he's got the right decision as well do you think well I, I suppose after Southampton that you know the, there must have been a concern at that point that you know that the bottom was going to fall out of the season the first the first priority had to make the team more solid than that and he's certainly been successful in that but it's you know for me it had gone the other way that the you know so deep team playing so so deep and you know not trying to get forward and that was that was the concern i i thought i mean it, it's it's pointless having a player like adam johnson and giving him the ball deep into his own half I mean that's you know that, that, that goes back to the O'Neill days absolutely yeah, that, didn't yeah, it? yeah yeah I, I sounded like Martin O'Neill there. absolutely <laughs> absolutely absolutely um, but uh, you'll but, make an eye contact with his O'Neill doesn't yeah, do yeah. that no that's true, no, that's true. you see um, that Johnson's a fine player in a fine player. side absolutely absolutely <laughs> um, but um yeah, and I do. I do think that's important. You know, the the team have to find a way of winning games. Um, and yeah, so it was it was good to see that. But I mean, you know, I think I think Gus is right to say, you know, let's not think everything's all right because I think Burnley were Burnley were pretty limited as well. And um, you know, I thought Gomez had a good game. He wasn't put under pressure. I didn't think either. So baby steps but mm. uh, but there was an improvement there. I think a lot of it boils down to confidence as well mind you can't be passing it about if you're uh, if you're not confident we haven't looked like a confident team at all this season or at least very few occasions where we have and I mean against Burnley where you know without being disrespectful to Burnley they're, they're one of the worst It'd sides be as in the disrespectful as you like no, well, I mean, Burnley fans won't be listening Burnley at home on paper <laughs> was probably the easiest game, league game of the season for me and then uh, oh, QPR coming up next oh, point, yeah. Yeah. No, not a single point away from them are they yeah, 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 no yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely yeah. definitely um, Gareth George mentioned Gomez there we talk every week don't mean that mm. that ball he found of Van Arnold that happens every game when Gomez plays um, just normally we don't do anything with it um, it happens sometimes. That's the ball he's looking for. Yeah. Well, that's, sometimes that's all he does all game. But he, 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 yeah, he, he, he often finds Van yeah. Arnold. I actually, I thought he had a good second half, um, which you know we're two 0 up, so we didn't really need the you know pressing like influence the game from an attacking perspective. Just sat in and control, tried to control it. Although Burnley had a few chances that they probably should have taken. Um, first half, I thought. He looked a bit weak at times, but like you say, 
you know, that he's involved in the goal. So, it, like he did that at West Brom, didn't he? It was pretty much not a carbon copy, but it was a similar, he similar more, goal. He does it most games, I think. Yeah, that's a ball. That is a ball he's looking for. And mm. when you when you're lacking pace in the team, like Sunderland are, um, he's definitely like Abanano is definitely the one that you're looking for. And the fullbacks we talked about with the width. That's where the top, the side's looking for width from the from the fullbacks because we are we do tend to go narrow. Like Johnson comes inside, so. Yeah, I think it was Ravier as well. I think a lot of people questioned whether he could play as a a wing back, which mm -hmm. you know Poyet said he he did play with wing backs, even though in that four four well four five one or four. The Ravier three, two, was interesting, isn't it? Because we we only really saw him as a left back, left even back, though yeah. he's a right back. So we a lot of people were saying, oh, he doesn't really get forward, but it's hard to judge somebody when they're on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. And he proved yeah. that he is going to be that player, and they're really important, aren't they? Because if Conor Wickham was going to get in the box. He needs service from the full backs. Yeah, and I thought that was I thought that was noticeable that the team would were trying to we're trying to cross the ball and we're trying to you know which were um, you know we're trying to put balls into that kind of area where if you've got someone you know theoretically if you've got someone with Wickham's power and you know presence that he can cause he can cause problems and he did and then you've got someone like Defoe who can kind of feed off that I mean I know that's fairly rudimentary but it, the team haven't been doing it I mean they just haven't been doing it that crosses haven't been coming in and um, you know, I thought that was noticeable that the delivery from wide areas from both full backs and um you know and, and the others was, was much improved. You talk about balls not coming in this season, but do you not put that down more to the fact that we tend to have one striker and they tend to be quite isolated and yeah. there's only one player in the box then what's the point? Yeah, no, absolutely yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think I think no, I think that's that's absolutely that's absolutely fair enough. But um I, I also don't think there has been. I don't think there has been quality delivery anywhere, and I don't think. Um, well, Wickham's not going to go on and go hell for leather again. The box of his service isn't going to be there, is he? No, no. I don't think Conor Wickham's going to go hell for leather <laughs> anything, is he? Really, when you look at him, I mean that that goal he had disallowed. I mean Protner was saying, like, oh well, you know, if that had been me and I really thought that it should have counted, I would have been screaming at the referee. And Wiggins basically just turned away and got on with it. And I was saying, well, well you can't reverse Wiggins. the decision. Like, <laughs> you, you can't know, but you know that. It, I mean, that, I thought that was really harsh. That disallowed goal. Yeah, so you're slapping Wiggins off for not being disrespectful towards yeah, the Yeah, he should be <laughs> disrespect. That's a campaign, isn't it? Disrespect. He should yeah. have got himself sent <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah, he should have. For dissent. He should have. He should take a leap out of Rodwell's boot. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Go and get a needless card. Yeah, yeah. Done that out of Tehran and thrown his boot at the referee. Yeah, but that that was harsh. But I mean, um, he just—he's just a laid-back character, isn't kind he? Of guy. I've, well. I've seen one or two performances from him where he's put put his heart into it. But mm. like, I'm, I mean, it stops there. One or two. He's it's mainly after he signed yeah. his contract, I think, as well, which probably. Uh, just keep going back to his age, though, don't you? Yeah. You've, you've, you've got to think about his age. Consider his age, how young he is. I'm not sure we've seen enough improvement. I have to be honest. I mean, I don't think. And yeah, I mean he is young, so there is that there is that scope. I'm, you know, is, thing, I mean, is he improving on the training pitch? Is he doing mm. that? Is he is yeah, he well, showing enough? There's a question mark there. Now, of course, when Lee Congan came in, he he said he wanted to make sure that culture was embedded into the club. And obviously, none of us in a position to know how far down the line that is. But you can only hope, can't you? What, I think the worry about Wigan is that you, like you say, you got to be fair because he is young. But you always end up coming back to talking about the same things with him. So it's never like he's mm. getting better at certain things. He's just yeah. kind of plateaued. So, so I, th I think there are a few things that are important here. First of all, he came here when he was incredibly young, and 
I'm not going to say he was messed about, but you know, he, he was shipped out on loan, and was he wanted? Was he not wanted? I think that was very difficult for him. He needs somebody to have belief in him. He's now got a great opportunity, and I do think it was absolutely vital that the club got him to sign his contract. Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely. was massive. Um, I'm not, I'm not convinced by him as a player, but. Um, you know the club can't afford to let players go no. for, for nothing or for no. or you know or for you know tribunal whatever it would have been. That was a very important piece of business because even if he does end up going, at least there's then a saleable asset, and I think that um, you know I think that's of major importance. You know what I've just clicked on about what I've just realised that the the sign of the four means that we're talking about Sunderland on transfer deadline day, and nobody's going to mention Fabio Barini. Um, well, you've, well, you just <laughs> have mentioned yeah. well, no, The show would be the show if we did mention him, but that's good though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know, because you mentioned him, so I don't, I, I don't you know. You should have done that as a postscript, because <laughs> now we have to mention him. If he was, a, if he was, avail- if he was available and we had the money, he'd be af- they'd be after him. I'd still have him, to be honest. Yeah, of course you would. You'd absolutely would. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Um. But I think you've got to let that one. Oh, let, let it go. go. Oh, yeah. I just let it go. Leave it. You're saying that I'm not so sure. Now with the fork, front, I'm not sure that would work. I don't know. Um, I think interesting. I'm about the, 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 We've talked about the role. Uh, Wickham's role changing because of the kind of striker the four is. So I think Wickham at the start start of the season on the left hand side was trying to play Barini's role, wasn't he? That yeah. role doesn't really yeah. exist anymore no, in this system. Yeah. Exactly. They did alter it, didn't he? Like eventually, sort of clicked and it wasn't working he tried to change it and then um, it, you know that's it, it didn't really didn't really work I mean he, like you say he's tried to bring he's trying to move things on in this system that he's creating and he he keeps on sort of hitting this brick wall he can't get past and then he has to go back like you mentioned in the interview there back to back to basics again so that's two or three times a season where he's gone back to basics I guess it depends if you've got certain players and you know I think we were Rightly sceptical about Defoe before he signed for a number of reasons mm. because we said it wasn't so much a, that we're criticising Defoe's ability as a player. The, the main thing is we were saying how's how's Defoe going to fit into this team because it would have been something like you were saying, George, where he's building towards this this system, this plan, and then to, a player like Defoe, really we were thinking he's going to have to rip it up completely, and we yeah. saw that with the three-five-two. <laughs> But he went back to something familiar, and it it worked. I mean, it, it's only one game, but he scored, um, and you know, I sort of broke my press box edge a little bit when Defoe scored because it was a vital time in the game for that goal, and I sort of 
went like that a bit. Oh, you know, I know, very Don't broke. go crazy. Yeah. I know, I'd, I'd ne- I'd, I'd, I'd nearly, I'd, I didn't even at, the, at uh, St James's, I even kept my composure when Johnson scored. Well, that would be wise That's, in yeah. the second. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. at Sunderland, you, yeah. you could probably get yeah. away with that. Um, yeah, so, I was... I was I, I, I wonder the listeners kept... could see your hand gesture there. I know, yeah. that, was, that was really bad yeah. kind of radio. Yeah, well, you know. He just kind of half clenched his fist a little bit. Yeah, he was doing the Vs massively. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, you know, it was a massively important goal in the game to go 2 and up at half-time, um, which, as it turned out, and then, you know, for Defoe to get his first goal in the home game, you know, it's, that's really, you know, it's great to see, so... You know, one in three. I think that's his record, and he's played three games. He's got one goal. So well, they've traded up. I mean, they've done very well to you know to 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 get rid of um, to get rid of Josie Bless him. I think he's probably already done better than Josie now, hasn't he? Well, well, he's matched his league. Matched his goal. And you know, I, I, we do have to remember that there are very limited. I mean, I, I, I've got a, I certainly got a measure of empathy for 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 Gus, who's using kind of limited resources to to try different things and find a find a winning blend similarly um you know Lee Congerton's got a very tough job because it's not like there's a lot of money there and um you know he's he's having to he's having to sort of uh deal as 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 best he can and although it's been a very you know limited limited window in terms say of say Cutty's cloth accordingly go on Cutty's cloth it's quite difficult to say that um, um, but you know so it's 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 difficult to you know it's difficult to kind of measure this progress because I think it is it is slow at this you know same time they're looking at the academy and what's going to come through there and I think that's a you know that'll be a big deal for the club in the next in the next couple of years but then you know I think every club would try and make the same you know would say, would say the same thing so um Baby steps, baby steps. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to talk about the Fulham game. Should we do the question of the week first? Break it up a bit. Break it up a little mm-hmm. bit. We usually save it at the end, but uh, we'll have to come up with other banters for the end. <laughs> Better ones. Question of the week first, then? Yeah. You uh, guys listen out this because yeah, you've been you've a, a, you've got a the winner for us. So, okay. yeah, the, the, wi- the winner this week will get a um, ALS Jermaine uh, Defoe t shirt from the Jermaine Defoe range. So, uh, you know, you'll be able to pick that because I think there's a couple of designs. I quite like the. Jack Daniels style one, the black one was my favourite. So that's because you, know. you drink Jack Daniels. Isn't I, it? I do sometimes. I'm not. I'm more of a single malt man than a yeah. than a bourbon man. Um, but anyway, uh, the question was um, regarding Sandra Defoe, Jermaine Defoe's mum, who said some nice things about uh, Sunderland supporters after the Tottenham game when Jermaine made his debut. So we asked you um, if you could take Sandra Defoe out for a lovely day in Sunderland or something like that. Where would you take her and why? Um, and Dawson Pies <laughs> at Dawson Pies well, said, uh, oh, somebody wouldn't take it at Dawson Pies no, no, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if there is a Dawson Pies um, he said we'd stroll on Roger Pier and then Sunset Picnic at Pension Monument with some delicious Martinos because she's a classy lady um, but he says for the record I've never actually been to Sunderland but a guy can dream he's, he's an American fella <laughs> so hashtag I, dare to dream I'm finding that slightly sinister I don't know does anybody <laughs> yeah. I, I, so don't know. I don't think you can get takeaway at Martin I think it's a city downy at least he's done yeah. his research yeah, I mean, yes, no, yeah, yeah, yeah no he deserves a bit of credit for that yeah, yeah. So Atiani Rivers said uh, I'd take it to look at that deep sea diver's suit and the piece of robe in the museum because someone's got to do it uh, <laughs> the museum's got some random things yeah. doesn't it Graham Rooney at 4th street Fourth underscore street said, uh, obviously, I'd take a sophisticated lady like Mrs. Defoe to the heart of Sunderland's culture, Seaburn Arcades. 
Uh, at the white Cafu, Neil says, uh, take Mrs. Defoe for a coastal walk at sea and before letting her choose literally out from the menu at Lickety Split. This is, this is basically turned into an advert <laughs> yeah. for all bus local business. Uh, John Ridley, at Ridders86, said, uh, take the St. James's Park next season and get a singing five in a row. Um, <laughs> at Rory Fallow said, I'd take the Washington Wetland Centre and then for a lovely lamb lunch afterwards. Uh, Jack Seals. It'd be six in a row. Where, where, why lamb? Where lamb? Where would well, the lamb Well, that's uh, Alan Partridge reference, actually. Um, yeah, I should have got that. You should have. It'll be I'll six in a row. It'll be six in a row, not five in a row, because we'll beat them at home. Well, that's a good point. Well. Yeah, that's a good so point. That, you know, discard that, discarded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jack Real Shields yeah. said just port of coal. I don't know if he works there. <laughs> oh, so it's, it's quite good in there, actually. You've been it's not in, uh, bad, It's yeah. pretty good, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really good if, um, say, I don't know, if we went in and so we introduced ourselves at the bar and then because we've talked about it on the programme, you gave us something for free. It would be excellent. Um, BK at Cabral fan page said, <laughs> I'd take it to an owl sanctuary. That's a part of the reference. <laughs> yeah, I got that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just keeping you right. Uh, Johnny Garrett Smith. Loves these partridge references. Yeah. Basically, uh, anybody I, does um, that, you've got a chance just, of winning. It'll yeah, certainly get read yeah. out anywhere. Basically, I think about Alan Partridge once every six seconds. Um, <laughs> at all white treacle, Johnny Smith said, uh, Louis Caffey near Park Lane for a cuppa and a chip bunny. Why? Because it's class. And Gavin Safk, Gav, said, I take the Borneo Bistro and get her a takeaway. One large rendang with chips and crispy chicken. Well, that definitely was so, an advert the last one. So... There's quite a lot of adverts, yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, so I don't think any of these people work at any of these venues <laughs> that actually don't, but it just goes to show I'm the sure plethora. This question through, what it goes to show is the plethora of options available <laughs> to Mrs. Defoe, yeah. To Mrs. Defoe. I can't believe we got to the people that. of Sunderland and to us as potential sponsors, if you listen, <laughs> any of those. Uh, I can't believe we got through that without somebody mentioning cheesy chips. Well, we did. So well, you, deal. Well, you well just because you know you think of Sunderland references and stuff. I yeah, guaranteed. Would have been a lot of tongue and yeah. cheek cheese. I take it for cheesy chips cheesy on chips. Wembley Way yeah. in May. Yeah. Have <laughs> one the t-shirt. Yeah. Yes. Um, any ideas? Uh, there were so many that I've immediately forgotten all yeah, of them. I am. Um, I'm a big fan of Lickety Splits and Seam, actually. Well, actually, I, I want to go there. Yeah. Now, was that, was that preceded by a walk? Where was the walk? Coastal walk at Seam. See, I mean, that's quite special. I quite like Even the walk down Shields Beach. Even though none of those places are Sunderland. <laughs> I think Seam's close enough for Seam is Sunderland. I've always wanted to go to the Lickety yeah, Splits. Yeah, Lickety, it is good, that. There's always a queue. There's, a, there's always a queue. I've heard all the good things. Well, I've just told you another one. The bad thing, that there's always a queue. Right. So, you know, take that um, into consideration. What, um, <laughs> Rug. What was the museum one? The museum one was quite good, wasn't it? That was alright, that one. Yeah, deep sea dive suit and piece of rope at the museum. No? I'm, I'm not, not sure I really understand that no, one. No, I don't, I've never well, seen that. There's, so. there's a museum there's in Sunderland. There's items in the museum, with, uh, that's alright. Yeah. Yeah. It's like crap yeah. random items. Yeah. Basically, just come to Sunderland if you want to drink. Don't like do any sightseeing <laughs> or anything, because all there is is a deep sea diver's suit and a piece of rope, apparently. So, that's something to look forward to. Must be to. an uh, interesting rope, though, surely. Can't just be normal rope. Um, I don't know. <laughs> We're not really a rope expert. I mean, you need to go to the museum and see the rope. So, you know, We're struggling to pick a winner, are you? Yeah, I, I'm, I think I might recuse myself from this Well done, people. <laughs> <laughs> this is like... The worst, the worst day of my life. Well, um, no, you know, this is... 
Uncharted I'll tell you what, the is. first one for the effort, I think, deserves a yeah, bit Yeah, but then ALS will have to pay for postage to America, so... I just find that slightly creepy. I mean, I, I just can't move away. If you want to give, if you want to give, I mean, it was it was good research, and it it, it brought up a number of important um, evocative images, evocative images of the northeast, of the northeast. and particularly Wayside. See, I just thought the museum one wasn't direct ad advertising like most of the others were. Well, maybe 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 the first one then, maybe the first one. Well, the America one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards that one, actually. Yeah, for right. OK, well, we'll do that as a win, and the second one is, is back up in case Martin doesn't want to post something out of America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but well, we'll, we'll chip in for the postage, eh, Stephen? Right, OK. So Dawson Pies, you stalker, you've won. <laughs> well done, you slightly yeah. sinister man. Internet-stalking man <laughs> named after Pies. <laughs> so well done to you! Just Congratulations! Because, because you've done a little bit of research. You've won an I am Jermaine Defoe T-shirt from courtesy of ALS, which is available on their online store. More which of course will go over everybody in America's yeah. head anyway. Have you wear that out in the Well, you? people listen to us in America. Do you want well, to just, do that? He has now, just been playing. Game? Shall we finish with that? He has yeah, just been playing in the continent of North America. Mm -hmm. I know. So, but, you know, that is a continent. How many people? He's got Google basically. That's what he's done. He's got Google, and then he's done that. So well done, well done. Well done you. Mr. Pies. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk no about Fulham then. Yeah. Defoe isn't going to play, that's right, he said. Uh, I would expect Wickham maybe to come out as well, do you think? Fletcher Greer might start? Uh, it's an opportunity to do that, and if he's going to play, I mean, if he's either going to play, you know, two strikers or or two players who are strikers, if you know what I mean, that, um, then it was give them, you know, he'll need four of them, and that gives them a chance to, to, to give the others Should he be dropping to four? There's a debate on that. I, I personally don't mind it, because I think Fletcher needs to find some form himself. Yeah, and, um, uh, you know, is it asking a bit much of for him to play another game? Possibly. Um, and... He said that you know players like Alvarez will will start and. Uh, did he say that? I missed that one. Yeah, well, he, he did in the in the in the paper okay. little paper interview. So and it's a you know I think that's a big I think that's a big chance for him. I hope we don't make too many changes, mind. I do I do think this is an opportunity yeah. this year. Yeah. Stronger teams. Well, someone than like can. Larson's going to play because he plays every. He game. plays every game. He probably deserves yeah. a rest more than anyone to be honest. But he? he's, I mean, if he's got the the fitness levels to well, do that, I guess. Only Poyet knows, isn't he? If, uh, if if Larson's fit to play, then by all means play him. Definitely. I just think it's amazing the turnaround from Larson that he sort of he would be my first name on the team yeah. sheet when I've previously been very very critical of him. Player of the season so He's found a place. That's a, he's yeah. found a place on the side, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been. No, I I agree with that, and I would have had the same same thoughts as you. But I think he's been very very influential. But in the, well, in that respect, it's important he does play all more time because if he's going to bring loads of fringe players in, you need somebody who can hold that together. And I guess Larson will be that guy, right? Yeah, and I suppose I suppose contradicting myself, having seen that, having seen the system work and Defoe work and all that, there is an argument for I think that, you know there's an argument for carrying on the same in the same way and trying to get trying to kind of, kind of familiarise the team with that. And I would expect him to play in the same sort of way. But it'd I, be I'd, it'd be shocking if he didn't, given what happened at, Ful uh, at home at Fulham. I think he tried to change it a bit there and it just didn't work. I think if we change the system now, it's going to be a yeah. Bad decision in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you never know what goes to here. We saw the second guy. No, but we said that after the Spurs game. Like what Ed just said, right? We after the Spurs game, we said, okay, he's going to play that system yeah. again. We found it now, form. yeah. And then of course, he, you know, he took the attacking midfielder out, put a defensive one in, totally changed it. You never know what goes to be fair. No, you don't. I think I think uh, you'll play. 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Defoe, well, if Alvarez is going to start, he's going to yeah. play where Johnson did. You would have thought. Possibly. I mean, maybe he'll play him from the. And Fletcher's going to play. Maybe he'll play him instead of Wickham, and then I don't know. I don't know. I'll say now I'm thinking Wickham might play if he's just if he's going to put Alvarez in for for Johnson. Could he want he wants Wickham to work on that partnership yeah, with does, Fletcher yeah. as a backup? He does probably. It's. Mm. I mean, it, the thing is, it's it's the sh the shape he'd probably have to put Fletcher up front and then. Um, Wigan Wigan the for the left, yeah. yeah, but he probably. I mean, I think you're right. You probably do that. I think. I, I think. That, I do think Graham deserves a start. I was going to say. I mean, I what's he done? That, exactly that. I mean, yeah, I, th I thought he did. I thought he did yeah. well. Head of Fletcher, yeah. Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's earned a chance to start a game. Fletcher's certainly done no more than Graham to deserve a starting place. I would say. And he was getting himself. He's. You know, I know that he's he's had a very tough time as well, but he was getting himself in positions when he when he came on. I mean, I you know, and that's what they need. I mean, they do need that. Yeah, first of pace as well when he came on. Yeah, got round the fullback and forced yeah. him out. And yeah, I think I think he deserves a go. I think you know Brown will probably come back in and maybe Virginia will get a rest. Um, <laughs> We've been saying that for weeks as well. Um, hasn't happened because I mean O'Shea's played every minute of every game, hasn't he? This season, he's another one like Larson as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's important. Oh, Shea looks like the player I thought we were signing for Man United now. Yeah, yeah. After struggling for a, a couple of years, I thought. Especially if if Manoni's in as well, you want a bit of continuity there. Yeah, maybe you've got to have give, some, haven't you? Maybe he'll give Jones a so game instead of every year. So, sort of in in connection to that, then, if we think we're looking for some sort of continuity, where the bridge cut will probably play. I know because you, you think yeah, that Will Gomez play a game so. because Rodwell's been suspended, so will he get yeah, another one now? Come back in. I personally getting back to the position now, like yeah, he's changed yeah. the whole team again. Yeah, 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 and you, yeah, and you, having 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 made that, you know, having got that valuable win at the weekend, you do want that to that kind of momentum to carry on. But mm. equally, um, you know, there is and. If if I was a manager, I wouldn't make any changes ahead of you know for an FA Cup game. So, we're, but um, I think but, it's the volume of games, wasn't it? Because they've got Saturday <coughs> and then Tuesday again. Yeah, maybe that's the thing you're thinking yeah. about. But yeah. In terms of dropping Bridcut, though, I feel like we're always going to need one of Catamol and Bridcut, yeah. and if Catamol's yeah. out, then I, yeah. can't, yeah. I don't think there's any point yeah. dropping Bridcut. Yeah. And I do, and you know, come back, I say it again. I think if you've got players like Jacarini and Alvarez, you've got to find a way mm. to make them to make them. Important, mm -hmm. and this is an opportunity. So I would hope that they would get a good, good amount of football. People confident for the game because I, as soon as we got the replay, as, as, as awful as we were at the stadium, as soon as full time whistle went, I, 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 was, I was sitting next to Michael. I came, and I, I said to him straight away, "I think we'll win down there." Just one of those weird things, isn't it? Where you'd sometimes rather play a side like that away from home, mm. uh, you know, an average championship side with respect to have to come at you a little bit more, opens up a little bit more. I actually said if we'd go into that game with a win against Burnley behind us, then I'd be confident. And if we'd lost against Burnley at the weekend, I'd equally I'd be unconfident. So It was it was one of those things. I mean, I was so uh, distressed. Is that the wrong one? That's probably the wrong one. It was a bit, probably a bit harsh. But I thought, I, thought that, I, thought the, I thought the game was so bad that you actually had to take a step back and you know remember that Sunderland was still in the cup and the draw mm. being made... Not uh, you know, and certainly not counting any chickens, but there is an opportunity there, and you know, I, it, it sort of felt like they'd been knocked out. I thought the Fulham game was mm. so, was so bad at home, but um, they've got a chance, and if they can build on what they've done at the weekend, then there's you know, there's every reason. Mm. Okay, well, let's see, we'll see if we can gather any more clues regarding the team selection because we can hear from Gus now on it. Of course, it was uh, plenty of effort. Um, you know, we need to learn as well from 
from these games because they are different, because they are a little bit more open, there is more running, there is more uh, things to do. So maybe when you get games on Tuesday and on, on Saturday, you need to refresh without changing too much and without making anyone think that the cup is not important. No, all the opposite is to make sure that we can go and put another performance on the same level without changing the game too much. But in terms of the back four, yeah, I think that would be the, the way forward from now. I already talked to him, even if you don't believe me. I already have a chat with him. We're going to see him tomorrow. We're going to see him on Monday. Also thinking that, you know, in these cups, you cannot forget that it could be extra time. So we need to be prepared for everything. And, and that means that putting the balance when and how you want your best players to be on the pitch. So uh, listen, now, for once in a while, let me enjoy Saturday. <laughs> and tomorrow I'm going to start thinking about football. Talk about Jermaine Defoe in the latter part of yeah, that. Yeah, he was, yeah. I meant to mention that at the start, but I forgot. I did write <laughs> it in the, the, I did write in the line, um, but uh, it's cut off on the screen, okay. so never mind. Who cares? <laughs> I'm sure people worked it out, maybe. I think on the, Are we any clue to what he's going to do there? He said he doesn't want to make too many changes, but... Whoever they put out should be good enough to be... I know that's the, the old cliche, but... And this isn't being disrespectful. Um, another cliche there. I've got more. I've got loads. Um, yeah... Basically, if they don't get the quarterfinals of the cup, it's a failure. I would say, based on the fixtures that they've got, yeah. because if you're a Premier League team and you're drawn, you know you're going to play a Championship team and team then a team from League yeah. One. Then you've got to you've got to win those games. You shouldn't be losing games like that. So definitely not. I mean, um, it should be added motivation, shouldn't it? Yeah. It's first FA Cup game since the draw. Definitely. Um, I mean, the, the only thing that you would say to that is is how well. Um, it's how well Bradford yeah. obviously have, have done, it did, and, and it yeah. sort of it does feel like the shape of the conversation, uh, shape of the competition has changed mm. a little bit, and in in a good way. I think most new, you know you would say as a as an outsider to those great results on that Saturday, um, you know, kind of fabulous, and you know you don't know you don't know kind of what atmosphere. It's might, great to watch be. unless it's your team. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 so. You know, I, I I certainly agree with you theoretically, but um, yeah, there's a great opportunity there, no doubt. You have. To, I just think that uh, you're right. Um, on the day, like like Chelsea, so like we saw Chelsea and what happened to them, it, it could go either way. But if you're Sunderland and you lose that game, it's well, not an embarrassment, but yeah, you're embarrassed. Yeah, be because yeah. you've been beaten by a team with two divisions below you. But yeah, we've seen over the years. It's, you know, being at home by uh, um, North County, County um, and then we've been run close by Northampton. Um, that was Anthony Stokes to the rescue, which you know, there's a sentence nobody ever thought they'd say. Um, Celtic fans, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's that good for them either, is he? Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, but I mean, I, I hope that what we, you know, what we don't end up saying is that. The Fulham game at home was the crucial one, yeah. because you know that uh, they didn't try to win that game, and I don't mean that. I'm not t talking about their endeavour. I'm just talking about the way the team was set up mm. and the way the team played. I mean, I th and I think you know that was a that that was a missed opportunity. Hopefully, it wasn't a, a fatal one. Mm. Predictions then, quickly before we finish. I'm quite confident, actually. I think it'll be a tight one nil. Uh, tight one nil sounds reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I'll go for something like that. I think it'll be you. Comfortable Sunderland win. I'm going to say three-one, two-nil for me. Oh, brave. I just, I just fancy us there. Um, you tend to find in, in these sorts of games as well when, when 
you know, a Premier League team plays a team in a division below over a couple of games, they'll get one of them right. Um, and I fancy Sunderland there to do the job tomorrow night, as it turns out. I think, weirdly as well, I'm more confident against Fulham tomorrow than I would be against Bradford City in the next yeah, round. So their pitch looks an absolute nightmare as well. That's going to be so, re, that's going to make it really interesting. Well, be a, I mean, touch would they get there, but yeah. that'll be an absolutely cracking day. Yeah, that it will be cracking day, and it'll be a cracking day for Sunderland fans down there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, hopefully we will have a win to talk about. We'll be back with the end of the light show on Thursday. To talk about Fulham before that, okay, before that, Gareth's got this thing, so I'll let you, I'll well, let you, no, well, I'll let you elaborate on that. Well, what it is, we asked uh, people last week if they wanted to correspond with us, and um, then to go ahead and do so, and uh, just about anything and anything and everything if you want to do that. So, since somebody actually did, it would be rude not to read it out, wouldn't okay, it? Yeah, go for it. And uh, so, if you want to do this yourself, it's contact at wise men say uk or you can get us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever you like. Yeah, we got a message on Facebook for a, from a guy called Mark Lee, um, and he's from uh, well, as I'll, as I'll explain, he said I just listened to your latest podcast. He heard that we wanted contributors, and he said he, he listens to it every week. He went to Sunderland at Univer Sunderland University. He was born and raised in Milwaukee, Mid Wisconsin, and he's played football his whole life. So when he came to Sunderland, he wanted to see a Premier League game. And he fell in love with Sunderland, um, and he gets up every Saturday morning at nine o'clock to watch the games. Hang on a sec. He went to see a Premier League game at <laughs> yeah. Sunderland, and he fell in love yeah, with Sunderland. It must have been yeah. one of the few occasions yeah. he won. Yeah. Um, what game was it? Well, he said. The highlight was probably of his time supporting Sunderland is when Sassignon scored against uh, Everton at the Stadium of Light um, under the Canio. He was at the game and that probably cemented his love for Sunderland. Um, and he said his best friend. You could give me your yeah. line, what you've always yeah. said. It isn't always like this. Yeah, it isn't always like that. Well, it was really, I mean, against Everton, that was, that's a rarity in itself. And a De Canio home win, that was equally rare. So a De Canio win actually was equally rare. Um, well, just any winner. Any winner, you know, just any win, any general. Um, he said his best friend in America was from Leeds, and he laughed when he said he was going to Sunderland because he said it would not be what I expected. But he fell in love with the city. He used the metro every day uh, to get to college. Uh, he said everyone was polite, and even though some looked a bit rough, <laughs> but they were friendly. And he said it wasn't exactly a culture shock, but there was some bits and bobs. He loved the light life. Um, they had 50 pence nights on Mondays, so he would go to Gatsby's, there's one for you, or Revolution, more advertising, or the Union on Park Lane. Sponsorships um, He said he's got great nightlife in Sunderland, so there you go. One in the eye there for the mags. Um, loved how cheap the drinks were, and you'd get absolutely smashed and all the Michelinos, another more advertising. Um, overall, lovely people, nice shopping at the bridges, good uni, good food, and Newcastle was just something wrong. Um, he misses the city now, and he's going over in the summer with his parents and sisters, spending two weeks in Ireland in the northeast. Keep up the good job. How well, are the lads? Very good. Almost feel like we we should have given a round of applause, but nah, we don't have a sound clip for that. We're not going to do that because it would be a little bit corny. But basically, I think the the uh, idea behind that message was if you are a lashhead and you like <laughs> and you like to do things as cheap as possible, Sunderland could be a good place for you. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. Look. 
does the job. It's, it's been there's been a real nice theme of <laughs> this is northeast tonight. Yeah, I mean, captured it perfectly. Welcome, yeah. welcome to Sunderland. Yeah. Been, it's tu- tourist right. tourist <laughs> yeah. board. Sunderland tourist board. Definitely special edition. I've done all the key things you need to visit. Chilinos, mm. yeah. for example. I think they've made the uh, the drinks one pound now. He said they were fifty p in there, <laughs> so they might be disappointed when he comes back. Yeah, it's been a while. Right, that's a good place to go out. Thanks for listening. Over and out.